Welcome, listeners, to a world where passion, skill, and adrenaline collide, all inside the rink. Join us as we embark on a thrilling journey around the NHL, from the mesmerizing goals and the dirty dangles to the breathtaking speed and power. So lace up your skates and prepare to be entertained by the Inside the Rink podcast. Get ready for an experience that will leave you breathless and yearning for more. Let's dive in. Now, introducing your hosts, Matt Berry, Tyler Smith, and Connor Green. Uh, okay, Sarah, we can do all those things. <laughs> hey, it's the Inside the Ring podcast. It's back, back at it. Special thanks to Sarah. And that's Celtic a little open. Hey, gentlemen. How's your, how's your, how's your, uh, how's, how are you now? How's, how's my little time in between Thanksgiving and Christmas? It's going swell. <laughs> Isn't it great? Yeah. It they, be, the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas, they should just call hell on earth. Yeah. It's, it's just, just like awful. Yeah. It's just, just like worst. getting all the direct decorations up, doing all the Christmas shopping, cleaning up after Thanksgiving, cleaning up your house for Christmas. They really should give you more of a break in between the two holidays, honestly. Either that or, or like a lot more beer and drinks and food. Yeah, and you seem to need a Yankee swap for every fucking day. Yeah. It's just like, what are we doing? Connor can hit the hash pipe. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can do, you know, in between in between the holidays to take the edge off. Sometimes that's the only thing that can get you through the fucking holiday at the family's house, okay? Yeah, a little bit of pipe. Sure. Yeah. You know what what kind of- speaking of what you need a pipe to get through... <laughs> Children these days have a holiday program at 1.30 in the afternoon on a fucking weekday, okay? So now yeah. I have to take yeah. my beloved personal time off of work mm -hmm. to go listen to two or three kids scream and cry on stage another five to 10 kids sing 50% of the song and two or three kids really, you know, be the future Taylor Swift or, uh, you know, Luke Bryan out there who knows, but what the hell? Probably, probably I saw, a, I saw a viral video of a kid who had, couldn't have been more than seven or eight years old. He's up on stage doing his, you know, recital or whatever. And then he just grabs his junk and shakes it at the camera. And his mother's like, no, no, you are not doing that. Uh, yes, he was. He was grabbing his junk savages. and he was shaking it at the camera no. like an absolute savage. And it was fantastic. Oh, so, um, so yeah, I mean, maybe that's your kid. I don't know. Who knows? Oh, Speaking God. of savages, I was, so we were talking about, you know, who's got something to talk about that's not necessarily hockey related to start off the show. And a couple of shows ago, I had something that I didn't bring up. So there is a person that we know that is related to the family somehow, and they have a daughter who is in middle school, um, probably seventh, eighth grade, somewhere around there. And she had a boyfriend. And boyfriend, they've been going out for about a month or so. You know, things are pretty serious in middle school in a month. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, they broke up. And life is terrible. Oh, my God. She's horribly depressed. Well, <clears throat> that's not the best part of this story yet. It is the how she got dumped by a middle school kid. So this young gentleman texts her and he says, so 
you know that before we started dating, I liked you and I also liked somebody else. Well, I actually liked that other person more than you, but they weren't interested in me. So uh-huh. now that she's interested in me, her and I are boyfriend and girlfriend. But wait, there's more. He sent a selfie of them together to follow oh, it up. No. Wow. Sealed the deal. Wow. That is a middle wow. school wow. douchebag. Yeah, that's yeah. that's rubbing salt in the wound right there. That's a that that's a that kid's a douchebag. I mean, you should yeah. she should she should be happy that she can be far away from that kid. Absolutely. That's grounds right? for an ass pounding. Sure. I agree, <laughs> but I couldn't help myself not that but laugh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's, I said, holy <laughs> shit, he's doing what everybody probably as a young teenage boy wished they could have done. <laughs> oh my God. We got a Jerry Remy Donaldson yeah. situation happening here. <laughs> you see how when you flip words around, you have yep. a completely different meaning. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he should get his ass pounded. Yeah, but not. not <laughs> well, not, that's you know. either that. That's not even. That's not. That's not great either. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> we do not. Just leave. Leave. Just, leave. Just, just leave. Just leave. Just leave the ass out of it. Just leave right. the ass out of it, or leave pounding out of it. <laughs> you just. Yeah. You should be beaten up, or Change or uh, yeah, yeah, beat his ass, or yes. yeah, something else. Ass. Some that's other right. choice that's of words. I mean, that's what I had. Oh, I had meant, yeah, yeah. Oh well, but anyway, that is that is uh, that is terrible. That is uh, some sociopathic kind of material. Yeah, that's narcissistic crap. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a really great start to the program, honestly. Hateful. Yeah. Speaking of hateful, <laughs> uh, plenty of hateful things happening in the NHL. Yeah. this week for sure. Um, all right. First off, on the uh, t- on the shelf. Taylor Hall, the Chicago Blackhawks, is out for the season. Halsey uh, has a, a knee uh, injury, had, had to undergo a knee surgery. He'll be out for the rest of the season. That's a tough break for the Blackhawks, who were able to get him from the Bruins in the offseason and hope that he would provide some leadership, veteranship, and uh, a line mate for Connor Bedard. But now he is done. Yeah, they didn't really get to develop much chemistry there because he he really didn't play. Uh, they didn't play a ton of games together, so uh, it's unfortunate for the for the Blackhawks. Uh, you know that they lose, you know, a top six guy and also kind of a mentor to to Bedard there. So uh, a tough break for Chicago. Well, they didn't uh, leave it a tough break in any sadness for long they made quick work of it and it's not on the the sheet for the topics but they went out and traded for anthony beauvillier mm-hmm. to uh fill that that space real quick they did pretty quickly yeah so they and only gave up like a fifth round pick uh, actually not a yeah. bad you know a bad little move there for for chicago not bad. Uh, you know yeah, not having not to give yeah. up too much i mean I think Chicago, if you're Chicago, you have to address that if Taylor Hall leaves. I mean, you know, Taylor Hall's out of the the lineup. Now Corey Perry's out of the lineup. You know, you've got the rookie Connor Bedard there having, you know, a little bit of uh, daddy issues going on. Yeah, sure. Uh, Bavillier, nine points in 27 games on the season. Um, 
you know, a good, I guess a good little insurance piece of some a forward that can, uh, he's only 26 years old. So, yeah. you know, maybe he can, uh, be something that can get can blend with that core that they have at Chicago. And he had actually six straight seasons, double digit goals. And, uh, with Most the, of them on the Islanders, so that should be even Islanders, more right. impressive. You should get right. an automatic plus six you if you play on the Islanders. Yeah. I mean, the Islanders are such a nothing sort of franchise. But I digress. Damon Severson, Columbus Blue Jackets, he's out six to eight weeks. Severson, who uh, is a really good defenseman, quality defenseman, mm-hmm. he's uh, he has an oblique injury uh, that he suffered on Saturday versus the Flyers, and he's expected to miss six weeks, maybe eight. Uh, tough loss for a Columbus Blue Jackets team that is now facing the injury bug. They already weren't very good. Mm-hmm. It looks like they are in the uh, the Celebrini stakes. Yes, quickly. I think so. Yeah. I think they are, and and it, it's too bad because they, you know, they play kind of a tough uh, brand of hockey and and are tough to play against. You know, we saw that uh, with them beating the Bruins last week. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it's unfortunate, but you know, maybe now they get a chance to kind of turn it over to the kids and Fantilli and Ken Johnson and and some of the guys there um, that you know will be the future of that team. So, um, you know, uh, as far as this year, you know, you weren't expecting much anyways, but now, you know, maybe you get to play the kids more and, and they'll be able to gain some experience, you know, moving forward. Yeah, tough. I mean, it's tough for Columbus because the Eastern Conference is pretty stacked. And, um, you know, they just there's just not a lot of room there for them to really climb out, out from under where, where they are right now. So, I mean, it's going to be a, a situation where they're going to have a high draft pick and hopefully be able to add to Gaudreau and, and Fantilli and some of the young p- players that they have. Um, that's really where the focus should probably be. Uh, Ricard Raquel of the Pittsburgh Penguins is out long-term that's a tough break for Pittsburgh, who, you know, I've always kind of thought was was smoke and mirrors kind of team. I mean, they still have Crosby, Latang, you know, Gino, Carlson, like, Carlson, Carlson. <laughs> but but I just don't believe in them at all. Like I just think that they're just at the end of the day Jeff going to Carter. be either out of the playoffs or or one round and done. Yeah, Carter's like 110 years old now, I think. Oh like 100, he is. Jesus, um, he and is. he has a lot of miles on him. Um, <clears throat> from some of those battles, you know, with the Flyers when he was yeah. with the Flyers earlier in his career. So, and then the Kings, mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it, it just, it, it's always seemed like Pittsburgh's maybe a, a few guys away. Like they have some good kind of complimentary pieces to go with some of those main guys, but, but not a lot uh, after that. So, um, you know, they have the top two defensemen, but, but after that, there's not much there. So, um, you know, it's losing Raquel is, is definitely going to be a, a blow to them. Sure. No, without a doubt. Uh, John Klingberg, Toronto, long-term IR. Uh, something that they cannot afford to have in Toronto is to lose defensemen. They're already weak there. And they lose Klingberg probably for much of, if not the season, uh, on long-term IR. So that's a tough one for the Maple Leafs, who's, Major weakness again 
his defense. Yeah, um, it, I mean, it, this might be addition by subtraction because he's been awful. So, <laughs> so he really has. So maybe you know, maybe bringing in somebody else or bringing up somebody from from the AHL will will help them out. Uh, more than Klingberg has been because he's just been dreadful for them uh, all year long. You know, they they need defensive help and they go out and get an offensive defenseman who's past his prime. Uh, Just an awful, awful signing if you've, if you want my honest opinion. Uh, so, so I just, I don't, I just don't think that, you know, he was the type of guy that they needed. Um, and, and he's shown that he's just been terrible from the, from the opening get go. So, um, I I think it might be more of addition by subtraction, uh, in the long run in that case. And the the contract goes to long-term IR now. So they get a little bit of space. That could could help them too. Sure. That's pretty, pretty horrifically bad. What a waste of 20 games. Oh my goodness. I mean, he just didn't, just didn't, he didn't really do anything much of, of at all. And defensively a train wreck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's only gotten worse in Toronto. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, they Giordano don't have a defensive culture there. Right. Either. And, uh, it's, it's sort of a tough matchup for him. And then Adam Pellick of the New England, of the New York Islanders, uh, is on long-term IR as well. Uh, he will miss significant time with an upper body injury. And he's a guy that him and uh, Pellick back when they beat the Bruins a few years ago in the in the playoffs, all we heard about was this guy and how mm-hmm. great he was going to be and and so forth. And he's a, he's been a good player, but uh, but now he's out for a good amount of time. And the Islanders, that's a big loss for them. It, it sure is, and and don't you wish? Yeah. Uh, don't you think they wish they had Devin Taves back on that team and, oh. and didn't trade right. him away for uh, right. for cap relief? I think they picked a, a different. They should have picked a different defenseman other than Taves to to get rid well, of there. They did go out and address the loss and add Bortuzzo from St. Louis. Right, from St. Louis, so. yeah. yeah, right, yeah, Robert Bortuzzo. Yeah. Don't I worry. Mean, the cup is saved. Robert Portuzzo is here. Yeah. Yes. Robert Portuzzo is here. Parade ready. Yes. Um, all right. Two minute minor. Patrick Line of the, the Columbus Blue Jackets was scratched, embarrassed by the scratching, and didn't have warning from the team prior to it. The saga that is Patrick Line continues. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know what to really make of him. I mean, he's got yeah. all the what talent in the guy? world, but he, he <laughs> yeah. just, he, he floats and then he's great and then he's terrible and then he's scratch. I mean, it's just, you never know what you're going to get from him. And we've talked about this a lot, you know, in different, uh, areas, but consistency is a huge thing in the NHL, especially for star sure. players. That's what makes yeah. them stars is because mm-hmm. every single night they show up and they play mm-hmm. and they produce a guy mm-hmm. like Lana has all the talent in the world to be a star in this league. And he just does not consistently show up. So now that's what me, you, that's what you end up with. This, let me defend this feller here. Where has Patrick line played in the NHL? Winnipeg, Winnipeg, and Columbus. Columbus, but Winnipeg yeah. had now. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. They had a great, yeah, he's good talent on that team. Yes, I'm not even talking about talent because there's talent on Columbus then and now. It's when he's been there. Yeah, what has yeah. the leadership been like on both of those teams? Well, it was an issue garbage with Winnipeg. Both. Yeah, and and I don't know if they were blaming him or if they're blaming Wheeler or if they're blaming you know they were they were different guys. In yeah. Winnipeg, it was the Evander Kane, the Blake Wheeler, right. Mark Shifley, and Mark Dustin Shifley. Bufflin. 
Yeah. Right. They were in that you right. know, time frame and that trickled over to when line a was brought in mm-hmm. and then moved out. Right. right. You know, I mean, also, if you want to look at it in the same perspective, if you want to judge Patrick Line, what do you think of Pierre-Luc Dubois, who played in the same two garbage organizations and is now in a good Kings organization with good leadership and is thriving? That would be, you know, the comparison here. I don't know. I, I would say judgment. I would say I would say that Columbus's leadership is fine. Boone Jenner is fine. I would yeah. love to have Boone Jenner on my team. I mean, he's a great right. captain, so I don't right. think it's the leadership of the team. I think it's him. I think he is. Yeah, I mean, I think if it's a mental like, case, if you need leadership to to be a pro. Like, I just, I mean, I get that that has value, but I, I still think it's the person that's been the problem with him. He's a great, he's got, he's a great, talented guy. I mean, would he go to another place and be great? Like, I don't know, pick a place. I don't know. Would he go with line Look at the amount of else? benchings that Paul Vincent has just off the cuff used all season long in mm-hmm. Columbus already. I seem like every time we do an episode, we talk about Liney being benched, scratched. Like, well, he's, not the, he's not the only yeah. one in Columbus that they're doing it to. There's like three to four other players that have been benched. Right. So, yeah. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's, he's, he is the most frustrating guy you could possibly have. Remarkably talented. And on that team with Goudreau and Fantilli, and they should be playing like Arizona and Anaheim and those teams that have, that have used their young talent to actually have better seasons than thought, but they aren't. And he's a big reason why. Um, winter classic jerseys. Are revealed. Ugh. You know, I just feel like they get worse and worse and worse. As I don't know if they are running out of ideas or if they just are trying too many cute things. I just feel like they're not doing any, any well, getting any better. I mean, this year I feel like it's really a point of the winter classic, and mm-hmm. neither of these teams have anything classic to mm-hmm. draw on. So I feel like the jerseys were kind of just a third jersey. Um, it wasn't anything that they were like reaching back on, right. um, and, you know, pulling out of the vault or anything like that. Right. Um, and also, uh, if you look at the Vegas jerseys, <laughs> it looks like two middle fingers, musical chairs, off. The ba- yeah, <laughs> musical chairs. Yeah. This is opposite day. Uh, yeah, you could be whoever. <laughs> Remember that when they told you that in school, yeah. um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah I went to classic that. jerseys. Blow. Look where that got us. Yeah, playing musical um, chairs. <laughs> yeah, so they they blow the winter classic jersey. Hey, you know, what do you feel about the winter classic? Is this like overdone? Like, are we all done with this? I think what, they should keep on? the winter classic and get rid of all the stadium series stuff. Yeah, the like stuff. Yeah, like, like keep one premier event and, yeah. and get rid of right. all the other shit. Right. Like, it's teams complaining that they are not part of it is the reason and i get that the league is kind of plays their favorites you know bruins have been in it a bunch and chicago's been in it a bunch and detroit so you know they're trying to keep it traditional hockey markets i suppose but um you know those are the marquee teams in the league you know those are what people want to see in a marquee event um, I don't know so, if this is possible, but what I would do is like the is is match the M, almost like the NBA Christmas Day and do like four games. 
on yeah. the day. Four outdoor games on New Year's Day. The NHL can't handle that. They, but they can't handle that. No, they, they, they I mean, they, sh- they should be able to, but they can't. You know, they don't have yeah. enough ice gurus and, and right. guys to, right. you know, get the ice proper. And but that's what I would they've do. They've got a guy. Yeah, they yeah. do. They have a yeah. guy. It's like, it's yeah. typical of the NHL. Like, we, like, what happens if he's like sick or something? Maybe all, all of a sudden, it's a all of a sudden million. it's a swimming pool. Everybody's out there, you know. Michael Phelps in it around the around the offensive zone, doing the backstroke. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> hey, let's go. Your let's play. go scuba diving at the in the goal crease. You know, maybe we can maybe we can find a puck. You know, buried four feet deep in the water that we've got going on here. I don't know. I it's three or four games on New Year's Day would be fun. I think it yeah, would be fantastic. Another crazy idea, and I haven't actually heard this one. I just pulled this one out of my ass. What a lot if of ass talk in the show today? Instead of doing yeah, a lot of ass talk. Really yeah. weird. Yeah. Instead of doing any outdoor games, specialty games, all star, you know, the junk like that. You know how they do the world championships like right in the middle of playoffs so anybody who's seriously in contention for the cup's not playing? Right, right. Why don't they just take a regular week to two weeks off in the middle of the season and do a world championship-style tournament every year? Mm-hmm. In North America. Well, they've, right. I think they've, aren't they talking about talking that about now? The World Cup of Hockey. Right? Yeah. Well, the World Cup of Hockey is not annually. It's still either biannually or every four years. No, well, then, no, because the Olympics is, is every four. So I think they're going to do it maybe, maybe every, it's every two because it splits. Oh, maybe they are going to do it every four, though, like opposite the Olympics. So it's every, so you'll get this. Two years, so you know, World years Cup later. two years, and then two years later, you'll get the Olympics, and then two years later, the uh, World Cup yeah. again. Well, regardless, the World Championships is every year, is yeah. my point. Yeah. You know, it happens regardless. So why don't you try to rope something, you know, like that into the schedule where, you know, most of these events are had because they are pandering to the ad sponsors of the team and of the leagues, right? So you have to pitch it in a way that the league is going to be able to make more money and or expand upon their brand. So how's an impactful way that you do that? You have this tournament featured in 10 to 15 other countries that are watching some of your best players play with, you know, some fringe players from these countries that, you know, don't directly play in the NHL, obviously, but there's going to be hundreds of thousands to millions more people watching that tournament than would normally be watching NHL content at that time. I'm all during the prime months of hockey, you know, like nobody gives a shit about the world championships during June. Right. I'm all for um, any kind of best on best tournament in hockey. I think that's what people want to see. That's why people love the Olympics. That's why people were clamoring to have, you know, the world cup of hockey come back or like those Canada cup series back in the day. Um, People love best on best tournaments, uh, especially when countries are involved. So um, I'm all for any of that. You can put it in the, in the, in, in season, out of season, in preseason, you know, whenever. Um, But sign me up. I'm in. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm in too. I mean, I, any type of it's not and don't have an in season tournament that means nothing like the NBA. Oh Jesus! Like have Christ. an actual tournament that actually means a damn. If you would have asked me at the beginning of the year, hey, do you know who the MVP <clears throat> of the in season tournament in the MV, uh, NBA is going to be? Probably could have got it right. Yeah, 
yeah, they're probably, they're putting yeah. a banner up. You know this? They are. Yeah. Yeah. They're putting a banner up. Yeah. Absolutely. It's gonna it's look. Like, yeah. It's, it's like gonna look different. Hats it's gonna look different than the other than the than the championship banners because they want to distinguish it. But they're putting a banner up for a tournament that doesn't mean anything. And we're talking about something NBA related. <laughs> I want you to explain this to me because I don't fully understand how this works. So I'm going to kind of explain you what I understand of how this in-season tournament works. You kind of correct me where I'm wrong. The base that I get is the in-season tournament isn't necessarily just like a week-long thing during the year. It is something that happens like over months of the season. Right. And right. it's like Tuesdays and Thursdays or Tuesdays yeah. and Fridays. Uh-huh. The games on those days count towards the in-season uh-huh. tournament. Right. And I would assume that they count your wins. And then I would assume like points and things for like tiebreaker mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I mean, that's, yeah. you obviously get some type of reward. So I assume you get a trophy, a banner, things like that. Does it have any other impact on the season and or the playoffs? No. I know that I think think i heard these players got like five hundred thousand dollar bonuses if they win yeah, yeah that's yeah. that it was money that was it money and a trip to money vegas for the, the finals it's, it's trying to get rid of this load management bs and not having and having guys sit out every third game you know it, it's trying to get guys to play more games it's essentially what it comes down yeah, to simple so as that they'll just sit out the games that are not on tuesdays or thursdays right yes. exactly now they can just throw out different games i guess yeah yeah so they focus i mean looking working it backwards they obviously focused on hey friday saturdays and sundays if we have games people are going to watch that shit we don't care right but if we can nail people in the middle of the week with a spicy game that's got meaning to it that makes Mm -hmm. sense gotcha the the issue was i couldn't follow when the games were who was doing what like it was just thrown in the middle of the season in different nights and now it's over idea it wasn't tidy enough like i just wait so it's not like every game that happens that night is an in-season tournament game it's only specific ones it was it was specific ones i believe yeah, that had certain that that ramification to it. So I I didn't I just thought I I didn't know when they were. I didn't know. I'm with you. If you're gonna have an in season tournament, do it for three weeks. It doesn't even it, it the games didn't done. mean anything. They they didn't no. mean. I mean, it was just it was a regular season game that they counted towards the in season tournament. That doesn't mean right. anything. It doesn't so would, literally doesn't mean anything. Here would be my pitch to the NHL. Hey, if you want to do an in season tournament. Wednesday nights, you have a triple header or a double header, whatever you want to have on ESPN. Mm -hmm. I repeat, ESPN, no plus, no two, no three. Everybody can watch it. Everybody can watch it, and you will get an East Coast game. And maybe you, you know, make one of them on the East Coast start earlier and do like an East Coast, a Central, and a Pacific game. Yeah, you could start an East Coast game of, at 6 or something and start a Central sure. game at 8.30. Yeah, 5.30, yeah. 6, something yeah. like that, whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe do it in Florida so uh, all the, the blue plate right. specials Multiple can get there. to the game. Yeah. Um, but you have those games on a Wednesday. You make them nationally televised on blanket ESPN. If you yeah. want to have ESPN, ESPN Plus both stream the game, Sure, but you're making it the most available. And I feel like 
the NHL's kind of gotten away from the old, uh, I think it was Rival. Wednesday Night Rivalry. Um, Wednesday Night Rivalry. Yeah. And then they switched over to NBC Sports mm-hmm. and they kept, kept yeah. it going. They yeah, really and then Versus for a hot that. second. That was, like that was fun. That was the premier Wednesday event in the NHL. And most people looked, ooh, what's the Wednesday Night Rivalry game that they're going to have nationally televised? They did. Until they started so, putting horseshit games on Wednesday Night Rivalries right, that weren't that weren't rivalry games, games at all. Rivals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, right. you know, if you have like look at all the craziness that's gone on in the NHL recently with you know people basically getting mugged on the ice and having you know everybody on the ice get a ten minute misconduct at the same time. I think mm-hmm. there's going to be opportunities available to have absolute mayhem. And I honestly think from a player's perspective, and I could be completely wrong on this, but if you're a player in the locker room and you're like one of the fringe third or fourth line players and you know that you're going to be on national televised ESPN on a rivalry night game and you look over at another third line, fourth line plug and you say, hey man, do you want to get some absolute ISO cam on national TV? Yeah. Let's fucking drop the mitts, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's do it. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds great until the, but the league doesn't want fighting anymore. Like it sounds great to me. I would love to watch that. I'm, I would say 90% of the hardcore NHL fans would want to watch that. But then, you know, the league doesn't want it. Guys, linesmen step in before guys can even start fighting like oh my god no fighting i mean you're talking yeah i mean and then you know with the with the way the player safety is handling things it's just totally ass backwards of of Mm -hmm. how you know if you want to get fighting out of the league you got to fucking police the league better and they're just not doing it they're doing a terrible job of policing the league you know um i don't even i can't even recall who the who are policing the game oh good branson was almost paralyzed on that hit by cousins the Mm -hmm. the refs called to play a major watched it then reduced it to a minor penalty Good Branson ends up getting an extra two for almost being murdered on the ice. And then right. he tries to fight Cousins twice after that, and the guy turtles both times. And then he had mm-hmm. to actually grab the guy and beat the shit out of him. And then right. the linesmen were still trying to step in. He's hitting him while he was down on the ice, which is a no-no in fighting. But because the yeah. league, because the linesmen and the referees were nowhere to be found when, when it really mattered, he had to take it into his own, own hands. And now Good Branson's probably facing a suspension for doing that when it should have been... It should have been Cousins originally who got the suspension for the hit. Should have been because <clears throat> the hit was terrible. Confirmed right before we started recording. Oh, good. Branson got one? Correct. Yeah, yeah, he got one. Well, Nick Cousins should have got more than one because that was friggin'. I think what was, really screwed good Branson there is he laid down on the ice like he was dead, and then he popped up like the fucking undertaker in the memes. Right. Yeah. And just started going absolutely crazy. Like yeah. he wanted to rip Nick cousins head off he, so I mean, with good I reason ruined your chance at having a major there. And 
Yeah, but I that's mean, not, I mean, it should be the, it shouldn't be, and it is, it is, it is that. always go to the injury. It is whether or not the guy's injured, and it shouldn't be. It right. should be the hit. The hit was the awful. Hit. He drove right. his head into the dasher. It wasn't, he, yeah. yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. If you want to eliminate those hits, it should be punished based on the action, not the right. result. Yes, because 100%. Right. has based into the result. So, because, like, yeah. And, and there's gamesmanship that organizations and coaches play. 100%. Like they won't announce that a player is going to play in the next game. They'll say he's questionable yeah. until the suspension comes out. And then they say, yep, right. he's going to play the next game. Good to go. Yeah, I mean, there's right. 100% teams do that and, and people lie yeah, on the bullshit. ice. And I and I hate it. Like, I'm, I'm glad Gabranson got up and went right after Cousins, even though it probably yeah. cost him a major penalty. Like, I don't want to see guys lying on the ice like soccer players, like holding their leg, and then all of a sudden they yeah. pop back up and take a free kick from fucking 30 yards away and score a goal right. and, and run right. around, take their shirt off, and wave it around. Like, I don't, I don't need that. Like, have a guy, he gets plastered into the ice – Gregory Campbell, you know, breaks his leg on a shot. He gets up. He's not lying there dead, you know. It's a, he's a hockey player. He's not a soccer player, some other wuss bag. Get up and, right. and go after the guy. I'm glad Branson did that. Right. He should have. And then, of course, there's, there's Jacob Trouba who's in the news again for nearly decapitating Trent Frederick <laughs> yeah. of the Bruins with a swing like that, that Marty McSorley would be proud of mm-hmm. uh, right in the neck of uh, Trent Frederick in a complete reckless abandon with his stick and whether or not you think he hit him try to hit him in the shoulder or in the ribs or in the whatever it doesn't matter you're you're being super reckless with your stick and you should get a hefty suspension for that type of thing yeah and instead he got a five thousand dollar fine which is basically right. like a cup of coffee for jacob true right. and martin mcsorley got 23 games yeah. whatever it was so yeah. so even though now they're trying to protect those those type of uh, get those plays out of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not suspended now, and it was suspended back then when fighting and and all that other stuff was was more uh, allowed and more available and happened more frequently. Have you guys right. seen the video like mashup of the Jacob Truba swinging in the uh, the MLB? No, 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 no. <laughs> so basically it has the video of Jacob Truba swinging his stick. And when it makes contact with Frederick's head, it switches over to some MLB player who just, Oh, is it Nick Cassianos? Is it probably Cassianos with the, with the Reds? Just like yeah. Trent Frederick's oh, head is the baseball <laughs> golf in the stadium. It There's is a so drive to left field. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a long drive yeah. to whatever right yeah. or left of Cassianos. Speaking yeah. of something really funny that just happened, um, John Devara scored his 1,000 points tonight uh, against the New York Islanders. While I'm talking about this, both you guys pick up your phones and look up the group chat and what I sent you. Okay. Um, at the end of the game, uh, Bo Horvat eventually scored, um, I believe, in overtime to help the Islanders win four to three. And there is an absolutely amazing (laughs) crying puppy dog lit picture of John Tavares. Losing to his old team. Losing to his old team. Shout Uh, out ITR writer uh, Max Baum for sending that to us. That That is priceless. That That is is terrific. Tremendous. I mean, that is terrific. We have our thoughts on John Tavares. Yeah, thoughts and prayers, Johnny uh, T. Yeah, thoughts, thoughts. Uh, Senators, Panthers, they policed it themselves. A yeah. Chuck showdown had 167 penalty minutes, 10 misconducts, 
at once. Yeah, did you hear that? Everybody that was goes. that was one of the yeah. best referee calls I've ever heard. Yeah. Everyone on yeah. the ice gets a misconduct. Yeah. <laughs> That's Everybody what he said. That's what the referee said. Yeah. Everyone on the ice gets a misconduct. Everybody <laughs> a misconduct. Yes. Everybody. <laughs> oh, oh I love it. Yeah. This is the good old days right here. Oh, this is beautiful. when this is when men were men and and That's hockey was beautiful. hockey. Love oh it. My goodness. That was beautiful. And the wild uh, thing is like, if I were to rack these guys off here, right. Count on your fingers. How many names you actually recognize out of the people who got a misconduct. Brady Kachuk, Eric Brandstrom, Rourke Chartier, Dmitry Kulikov, Travis Hamanick, Drake Batherson, Ryan Lomberg, yeah. Oliver Ekman Larson, Kevin Stenland, Jonah Gadjevich, that's a mouthful. Yeah. Sam Bennett and Matthew Joseph. How yeah. many of those guys did you actually, you know, be as a household name? As a household name, it's probably yeah. Tichuk, baby Bennett. Um, that's probably about yeah. Ekman Larson, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I know some of these oh. other guys because it's, you know, the Bruins in Florida like went back and forth. How but... much of a hockey nerd are you? Is yeah. like how many names can you rack off? Yeah. Like earlier, um, for those of you who watch this show and not one of the other 70 shows that Maddie and Smitty do together, <laughs> we just recorded Bruins Benders oh. earlier tonight. And uh, we threw up there who had the best plus minus of all time. Mm. I feel like if you can rack off the top five, you're probably a hockey nerd. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's yeah. true. I think that's probably true. Yeah. yeah. The top five. Yeah. Well, especially if you get the first guy, because I think even though he was a, obviously a great player, you yeah, a hall of fame player. That yeah. Guy yeah. Was, the, was the guy who has plus seven twenty two. Yeah. In his career. I, I, Puppy, that's a lot. Oh my lord, that's a yeah, lot. It is. Um, it is a lot. Five minute major time. Two thousand twenty four NHL All Star Game player draft returns. Four I'm captains so pick teams with a celebrity captain to assist. Oh great! I hope uh, the blues. They get Michael the J. Relentless. Fox. Let me think. Yeah, Michael J. Fox, uh, Dennis Leary, Elijah, Elijah Cuthbert. <laughs> And uh, Carrie Underwood. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. Oh, Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. Oh, who is uh, Ryan Reynolds? He, he almost bought the Senators. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, he might, he might be feeling a little blackballed or, or uh, maybe. Yeah. Little hurt feelings. Yeah. 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 Now, you know what? I just say get rid of all All Star games. Bad enough. Yeah, the All Star games uh, stink. They really do. If you want to, if you want to do it, do a do a skills event and yeah. have to have all the guys go out there and and have some fun and call it a day. Well, they are expanding uh, the skills event. They're going back to actually hockey related skills, none of the bullshit gimmicky stuff that they were doing uh, in Vegas and Florida. So they're doing away with that. They're going back towards real hockey related skills like they used to do so hardest um, shot accuracy skating speed um yep i and mean I those are more th- actual hockey talent like do you remember how they used to have like a uh it was almost like a, they had a weird obstacle course thing course but yeah like, they yeah, did that little like obstacle course yeah. through the ice i think they're gonna have some more things like that um they're gonna have the pwhl um three on three i believe Instead of the all-star event being a two-day event this year, it's going to be three days with more stuff involved. So they're really kind of sprawling it out a little bit. 
Um, but of course it is in Toronto, you know, your, your main hub, you've got absolutely everything there. I'm pretty sure that the league is going to roll absolutely everything out. I hope, I I, I mean, nothing against the all-star game or anything, but I hope it's like a fucking blizzard. I mean, I just hope this is a city is covered in like three feet of snow and people can't, can't get around at all. And it's just miserable because they should put it in a place where people want to go. And people want to, don't want to go to Toronto in the middle of fucking wintertime. I mean, Toronto's yeah. a great city. I've been many times. I love it there. But uh, it's not where you want to go in the middle of winter. You want to go to Vegas or you want to go to Florida or you want to go to Texas. I don't know. It's not fucking Toronto, though. But that's where no. it is. So yeah, that, I, hope it, it is. I hope it but snows like a bastard. Hockey fans are, or at least a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, those they'll yeah, show yeah, up. Yeah, they'll show up. I mean, that's probably part of it is, you a know, the, the building won't be, won't be half empty. So, yeah. I mean, that'll, that'll oh. be fun. But <clears throat> honestly, I say fuck Canadian it. rights holders. You know, play, play pond hockey or something. Yeah. Like, do something different. Like, I, I just say that any all-star game doesn't work anymore. One, because the players don't want to do it. They make too much money. Two, yeah. they used, used to never see, like in baseball, you used to never see anybody in the National right. League. So those are a chance to see guys who you never saw yeah. play all year long. So now you see everybody on every network every every night. So right. it doesn't. It's no. There's no special. Yeah, there's no mystery to it anymore. There's no. There's no anything that's. You can't get something different from it. No, there's so nothing unique. It doesn't mean the game doesn't mean anything. The players aren't trying hard. It's not real hockey because there's no hitting or anything. They're, I mean, you're lucky if someone stick checks somebody in the All Star game, right? Uh, or gets in their way. Never mind, you know, right. back checking or anything like that. Like, I mean, it's just, and it's played at like 40% speed of, of the real game, which is, it's right. just like, a, you know, you, you'd or have more fun watching your own kid play midget game. hockey, you know? Maybe that draft will make somebody a little pissed off that they didn't get picked, you know? Yeah. I mean, not I enough to, not enough to probably be drunk as shit, but yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. that's really what they should do is they should have guys like having beers on the bench or something. And after every shift they have to, you know, guzzle a beer or do a shot or something. Screw the, screw the captains, throw all your sticks at center ice and have one guy throw all the sticks out. Like that would be, that would be something that that would be better actually. Sure. All of a sudden you get guys who don't like each other playing each other. Maybe you have, maybe you have a team with like nine defensemen on it and another team with all forwards or something. And you know, you got to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that would be, I think that would be a good idea. Honestly. I think that's, I think, do something like that. Just do something different. I don't know. Uh, well, the Minnesota Wild is something different. They fired the coach. Dean Everson is yeah. gone, hired John Heinz. Um, and then they went on to win four in a row, then lost a couple, and then beat the Kraken in their last game, playing a little bit better. But that's a team that's kind of been disappointing. Yeah, they have been. They have been disappointing. Um, and, uh, you know, we both expected, you know, pretty big things from them, and they just – they just, for whatever reason, haven't found it yet, and yeah. I don't, I don't really know what the problem is there. Um, I think early on in the season, some of it may have been goaltending. Uh, goaltending wasn't great. They let a guy like Dumba go. Maybe they missed some of that leadership and and so forth. But uh, they just, it never it hasn't seemed to click for them yet this year, and and they're starting to run out of time. Yeah, twenty six in the league. They are four to six points out of a wild card spot. 
and yeah, they are fourteen million dollars in dead cap, and things are looking pretty gloomy yeah. in the yeah. state of hockey. Yeah, yeah I mean, you you have your what? Does, that's all based off the Suter and Parise deals. I'm assuming, I'm assuming, yeah. right? Correct. Yeah. Yes, so I mean, those when when those contracts were done, everybody in hockey was kind of like, whoa, like that's a long time, uh, and huge contracts for for guys who you know Suter was. Kinda, and they never amounted to no, anything. Right. He was kind of like on his way, like to, like starting the back half of his career. Parise is, you know, not a huge guy. He's he had been productive, but um, you know, to ha- to keep that up over ten more years after he'd already been doing it for a while, um, I don't know. It, it it's it, it would go down as maybe arguably a couple of the worst contracts in, in the league. Um, you know, if you want to throw the Kovalchuk trade uh, contract in there too with uh, sure. Atlanta from back in the day. If you think about this, right, and you really think back on it, the Nashville Predators are absolute legends of getting rid of defensemen at the right time. Yeah. Mm. If you think about it, just in recent history, Ryan Ellis to Philadelphia, he mm. played two games and then hasn't played since. Mm-hmm. Ekholm went to the Oilers, got hurt, mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't play so much. He's back now. Um, Shea Weber, they traded him for PK Subban, and mm-hmm. then after a year or two, he's turned into nothing. Mm-hmm. And then right there, Ryan Suter, he was a former Predator as well. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I it, guess it, they they seem to be pretty shrewd as far as that stuff goes and and good on them um but yeah i mean i don't know some they need some upgrades though nashville does well they are in the first wild card spot in the western conference with a whopping 30 points but do you know who is hot on those heels with 28 points in the western conference arizona coyotes Absolutely, baby. Yeah. The Yotes. Arizona Coyotes. The Desert the Dogs. The Coyote yeah. Mullets. Yeah, Coyotes. That would be a hell of a uh, name, eh? Wouldn't it be? Uh, all right, Corey, Corey Perry incident. Contract Uh-oh. was terminated. Something happened with someone in the organization. Some people said it might have been Chris Chelios' daughter, who was in who's a media member. Mm-hmm. Speculation only. Allegedly. Uh, Allegedly. And, the, and it was, I tell you, it wasn't. Connor Bernard's mama. Nope, wasn't Connor wasn't Bernard's mom. Uh, as far really as difficult for him not to, have to swallow. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. I mean, really bad. I don't know how that Where all that stuff, how that rumor yeah. gets started and then runs rampant, yeah. and and he has to deal with it. The mom has to deal with it. You oh, know, gosh. the Blackhawks have to deal with it. Perry has to. Yeah. I mean, it's just a just terrible situation. That uh, you know, it goes around. I mean, it was hilarious, honestly. Right. But uh, right. you know, obviously not a not a good not a good thing to have out no. out there that uh, you know that they have to now, deal with. Let's clarify here because I am very familiar with Connor Bedard and his family because I follow hockey pretty significantly. For the people who weren't. I had a friend who very loosely follows it, and I live in Illinois where the Blackhawks are unfortunately a large deal. And I had someone text me and goes, dude, 
what the hell is this legit? Like, I don't, how the fuck am I supposed to know? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Just wait until, you know, the team announces something. And then he goes, obviously, and Googles Connor Bedard's mom and sends me a picture. And he goes, oh, I see why, eh? <laughs> and I'm just thinking to myself at that point in time, I'm like, you bastard. But at the same point, I'm like, you know, this probably wouldn't be the story if she was an absolute ogre. Let's yeah, I mean, right, sure. Somebody same token started it somehow. Uh, Some asshole who wanted a few thousand more, you know, views or impressions to get their creator page monetized or something. Threw that dumbass story out there, and lit everybody amok. It did. And it was for it no good reason. Fire. Yeah. It caught fire. Yeah. That was, that was bad. Caught fire. And then, and then Bedard had to answer to it. And mm-hmm. it was just, the team it got did. to be really bad. And finally they had to come out and say, no, it, it's not, it has nothing to do with that. Um, you yeah. Know, In a conference really that was bad. really weird. A press conference where they came out. Did you guys actually watch that press conference? Yeah. A little bit of it. And it was strange. Yeah, and Kyle Davidson, you know, gave everybody a nothing burger, mm-hmm. made sure to say that it wasn't anything to do with a player or their families. Mm-hmm. And then when talking about the situation and his responsibility, basically started to cry. Right. And to be honest with you, I was like, um, I don't know about you, bro, <laughs> but... If I were in your shoes, I probably wouldn't be crying right now, but I would be horribly embarrassed. Like, why right. are you crying? Yeah. Like, are you trying? Because it's to, too like, much. Hand this up. Did your PR director was... tell you to like if a crocodile tear to cry? Yeah, but it and and the whole point of the Blackhawks have had several black marks against them. Like this was just another thing that they probably all wanted to get past all their past issues and now to have That's this the other thing that kills me about thing. this story is there's people immediately when his contract gets terminated who goes well did they con did they terminate his contract super early and without really great cause because of their track record and their history i'm like jesus christ people can you not just be happy with any right sort of narrative well, they like, if they do they do if they don't a hundred percent like God bless them. If you want to terminate a player's contract because they do something shitty within your organization, I feel like that should be within your bounds to terminate them from playing from your team and potentially paying them that money in that contract. Hmm. Here's where I differ and where I start to stray. This is happening a lot for different reasons. There was the fellow uh, on the Red Wings earlier this year, uh, Philip Zadina, I believe, mm-hmm. um, who terminated his contract and went to the Sharks. There's right. been a plethora of other players who terminated their contract and you know go to other North American leagues or go to Europe. Mm-hmm. To me, it feels like a really convenient way for teams to somewhat circumvent the cap it can, yeah. Get rid of a player who's not going to be useful to them or that they have right. a way. And they make an agreement and say, hey, terminate your contracts. So you can get out of here. You can they go did not have mind. to have Corey Perry agree. Right. Mm. That was right. not consensual. Hmm. Interesting. 
And we haven't heard anything about Perry or what's going on. Or- uh, I mean, he did come out um, a day or two after they terminated his contract and said that it was um, somewhere along the lines. He said it was an alcohol related incident, uh, did some things he wasn't proud of, going to take some time to seek some assistance, et cetera. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I wonder if he is out forever or the rest of the year or what would happen if anybody would touch him right now. I I don't know. The vibe that I get from listening to people like Elliot Friedman, Frank Saravalli, Chris Johnston, folks like that speak about it. They all don't seem to think like this is the end of Corey Perry. They think that if he wants to play again, he's going to be able to play again, which makes Mm -hmm. me think that maybe I'm terrible for saying this, but it makes me think that this may be somewhat of an overreaction by the Blackhawks right, for what happened. Their history. Right. Did he do something that was bad? Right. Obviously. Uh, yes. Or we wouldn't be here, but right. in normal circumstance on, you know, uh, the Arizona coyotes, is that player getting, you know, fired? Right. Is it, is it a, yeah. I mean, is it a, is it a cheat on your wife kind of thing bad? Or is it like, it It doesn't sound like it's a sexual assault or a, you know, physical assault or any, they, they of, said or, it wasn't criminal. Right. So, you okay. know, it couldn't have been anything like that. So that it's just, you know, I think it probably is um, a little bit of an overreaction on their part. And, and I, it's warranted from all the heat and everything they've gotten that, you know, they had to kind of probably, nip this in the bud before it got to a point where it was bigger yes, than, than anything. Here's my criticism for the Blackhawks in this. Yes. But if you wanted to nip it in the bud and get ahead of it, why is absolutely everything around this a fucking secret? So nobody knows what actually happened. Well, I mean, that's true to create your reaction, right? Well, the, you know, the Celtics you know, is, is what caused the Kyle beach scenario in the situation, it, my only doing the same thing. The again. only thing that I can think of that would make it that way is that the victim, uh, victim, whatever the case may be, whatever happened, maybe didn't want the public didn't want it to. Jane Doe. Yeah, I know, but then this, you know, the Jane public's Doe. still going to be oh, looking. The public's going to be looking and digging into Jane Doe. Then, you know, who is right. Jane Doe? Who's Jane Doe? And then the press is trying to find out who it is, and then there's a whole right. thing. So I think that that's the only counter i would say is they they the, gave enough clues where if you were hard up to try you could find out yeah i, I just mean, don't understand why it never go ahead. went any further like it it just we haven't heard anything about it since like nothing that was yeah because no i i probably because it wasn't criminal that there really wasn't right. you know it was probably just enough, you know he cheated on his wife with somebody or you know made right. an in, I mean, inappropriate advance at somebody and i mean the cheating on the wife stuff happens i would say on every team probably yeah probably yeah let's be honest here the blackhawks in the nhl probably gave the yeah look to all the reporters in the nhl and they said all right, we're done with this story. On to the next one. Yeah, and they just let it go. Yeah, uh, but I could see Perry like coming back and playing with like Tampa Bay or Dallas, sure. like latching on with a, yeah. a team uh, uh, that's you know a contender for the cup that he could. So here's my question: and a team that he's had experience sure. with. Yeah, too. that no one. Yeah. yeah. Since you guys are the Boston Bruins gurus here, how does this Corey Perry non-criminal? situation and contract termination 
sit with you in your opinions with the Milan Lucic domestic abuse allegations, criminal trial happening, stepping away from the team, still under contract with the Boston Bruins? I would have let him go. Yeah, I would have too. Me too. I would have ter- I would have terminated okay. his contract already. Because obviously obviously there was criminal activity there because he he went even though he pleaded not guilty there's still there's a there's a trial there's there's a whole incident that's documented. Yeah. Like everybody knows the details. And so, and it's happened once before. And right. Correct. So I, if, if you know what the details are and those are the details you can you can make your own decision on it and he should have been let go. I think I yeah, mean, I think he should have been let go, and been let go. and um, I don't, I don't think the Bruins handled that well. I don't think they handled, you know, the um, Mitchell. Is it Mitchell? What the hell? Mitchell is Miller. Mitchell Miller. Yeah. Um, thing and well at all? He'd be gone because of the Mitchell Miller yeah. thing. Like I thought that he that they would let him go and act swiftly because of how they bundled right. the Miller thing. Now here's like, a question for you: Would you take Corey Perry on the Bruins? Um, I would. because there's no criminal activity yeah. in light of the Lucic and Mitchell Miller things, you know, is that something you'd be willing to do? I would. And I think Perry would be a decent fit for the Bruins. I agree. You know? 100%. Why do you want to have two grease fires in your house at the same time? That's to me that if it, you can't say in one breath that one's not criminal and one's criminal and then say they're both grease fires because that's not the case. I mean, he he is if it's not criminal, you are still going to face a PR nightmare. No matter. Yeah, what. It, I would don't you know. Though? I don't know. I if think it, you would. I think there's going to be. I mean, no matter what the no percentage PR nightmare is. with Lucic, they haven't said no one said anything about it. He's just sitting there on IR. Yeah, like, no it's one, like let him go. Yeah, no one, no one's, it. no one's mentioned it, and no one's mentioned it in weeks like, now. Right? Do you, but do you remember what happened with the Mitchell Miller situation where they got butchered for three to four yeah. days? Yeah, yeah. Nobody it, heard about it. It won't be. It won't be in that. The middle of the summer, they got sewered again for a week. It won't be that because it's not. It's not criminal, and what Mitchell Miller did was, was different than a deplorable. Crime yeah, is, is different than um. You know. Yeah, I think I feel like there's going to be a group of people out there. No, oh, there will how be big or small that will oh, sure. harp on you know whatever he did, and will bang that drum. And let's face it. You know, those type of headlines get a lot more traction, you know, they will and a lot more clicks and that shit spreads like wildfire to me. As long as it's not criminal, I I don't have a problem with if it's an alcohol uh thing. Your head coach was an alcoholic who got fired. I mean, right. And turned his life around. So if Corey Perry, you know, had an alcohol related something or other and got help and he's fine now and it wasn't a criminal activity. I don't have any problem with them being on the Bruins. He could spin it as much. He could fit. He could fit the fourth line role that Lucic was supposed to have. And he has more talent than Lucic does. And he's one cops. That would be something. Holy shit. If you terminate Lucic and then sign Perry, then it's, it's, it's best of both worlds. Like you've, you've terminated Lucic because of, because you should think you should, yeah. and you sign Perry. Like it takes some of the steam of signing Perry and keeping Lucic. Right. That that I guess I could see, but I I would sign Perry. Well, I mean, it's not criminal, and not everybody believes in matrimony. <laughs> like not everybody believes in yeah. in that type of stuff. So 
if and I will say normal. that we don't actually and know what happened. So we I will right. always leave the wiggle room to say yeah. that he could have done something really fucked up and uh, maybe could not. Have been. It could have been. But again, yeah. if it's not criminal, you know, then, then, you know, where do you, where do you, how do you evaluate? We're being real and political about this right now. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say. It's hard to say because at the end of the day, some people believe, like Spinny just said, a crime is a crime. And another act that's not a crime can be up for interpretation of what, how, how serious it is or how much people really care. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he's going to play again for sure. I think it's going to be on a team that is in a smaller media market. For somebody like the Bruins, it is not worth it. They're one of the biggest media markets in the NHL. And, you know, you've already had the hot potato of Mitchell yeah. Miller. You had the recent hot potato of Milan Lucic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe Corey Perry could help your team out. But at the same time, ugh. What's the point of risking another one? Yeah. You know? I mean, if I'm in Arizona, I pick him up. Yeah. You, you could be a veteran with those young guys. And yeah, exactly. You, could go, you know, you know I playing, playing. No one gives a rat's ass. ass. Yeah, I mean, Arizona might would, would be a pretty good fit, I think, for him. Because he, yeah. um, you know, it's a smaller market. And, and, you know, they're pushing for the playoffs. He could add something there. Or go um, play for somebody, you know, like Minnesota. Who's like he one go to of Pittsburgh. The, strictest yeah. managers to work under. You know? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of places he could go that I think he'd be fine. I mean, he's, he's you know. He's still an NHL vet. He's yeah. got a lot of cups. He's. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think any, he would go, he would help any place, anywhere he was, sure I think. Anaheim would take him back in a heartbeat. Yeah, Anaheim would take him back. I think Tampa Bay would take him back. I think, yeah. um, you know, where else did he, where else was I thinking? Um he oh, played in Dallas, didn't he? Dallas, right. Dallas was the other place I was thinking. Yeah, um, Dallas is another one. I think yeah. all, all those places would take him back. I think any any of them would be happy to have him. Yeah, I mean, he had four goals and five assists. Did he play for the Leafs briefly, too? He played for Anaheim, Dallas, Montreal for a year, and Tampa Bay. Oh, Montreal. I forgot about Montreal. Montreal one year. Damn, yeah. the little worm gets around. I mean, two years ago, he had 19 goals. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. I I still feel like he could help somebody. So I I wouldn't see. Right. I, yeah, I think he would be season. honestly. I think he would be a pretty good fit for the Bruins on the fourth line. Yeah, I I think he would too. I mean, I I take a stab at him. Um, all right, Detroit. Here's our last Speaking one. Speaking of Detroit. veteran fits here, he took a stab at a veteran, Patrick Kane, who has in two games has a goal, and is a minus three. And scored the lone goal in a 5-1 loss to Ottawa. <laughs> uh, what do you believe? How does this impact their season goals? I think it doesn't, in the, in the grand scheme of things, get them over any type of hump. I don't think it, I think it's a flashy move that doesn't have a lot of substance. I agree with you 100%. I don't think he really is going to add anything to the table. Uh, we've talked about it before, but guys coming off this particular surgery are not good when they come back. They're just not. Right. They don't produce right. at all. Um, that, or they play a few games and then that's it. I think the guy who's had the most impact coming back from this was like Backstrom. And he played like 52 games and had 27 points and that was it. And like, didn't Brad Marchand have the same exact surgery? No. Resurfacing? No. 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 
not resurfacing. He didn't have the resurfacing. He had what he had have? double hip procedures, but they it wasn't resurfacing. It was something uh, else. Yeah. Um, but all the guys who had the resurfacing, like it just hasn't taken. They they're just not the same player when they come back. Uh, and he might be good, and he'll be, be on a line with DeBrinket, and they'll probably score some goals. But he was bad defensively before, and he's going to be worse now. So um, a, a wet Red Wings team that kind of prides himself on on defense, um, I, I, I just don't think that he's going to be the answer for them. I think Matt's right. I think it's a splashy move that's not going to really do much I mean, one way or the other. You also have to look at it in some other scenarios here, right? So, like, on ice, off ice, front office. On the ice, is he going to help the team? Is he going to score goals? Yeah. Is he going to be a veteran presence that's going to help a lot of those young players win and learn how to win? Yeah, he's probably going to do that. In the off the ice section, he's going to sell a shitload of jerseys. Mm -hmm. So you're going to make your money back. He's making, what, 275 uh, on the salary cap and then in the front office, right? So you bring him in this year, sign him for the rest of the season and you already have a handshake agreement with him. He's got a no movement clause with the understanding that if you are not in the playoff hunt by the trade deadline, that you're going to look to move him again. He's going to have some say in where he goes and you're re- going to recoup some assets, and I think that playing on a line with DeBrinket and Joe Valeno is probably going to score him some points. If Dylan Larkin comes back from this injury that we'll probably talk about in a few minutes, he could probably put up a whole lot more and either A, drive them into a playoff spot, or B, get them a pretty good trade asset at the deadline and move him somewhere else. I think he's cashed. <clears throat> I yeah, think he's cashed. I think he's still got some life left. There. I think he didn't. He didn't do much of anything for the Rangers in the playoffs last year. I think he's. Still and that's where the they claim he was still injured. And I'll I just, I just don't see it. For now. I, I don't see it. And it's already two games in. He's minus three. Like I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it happening for them. And you know what? I hope it doesn't happen either. Because I just, you know, yeah. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be the type of move that puts them over. It's such a it's such a hollow move to well, me. Well, they're still looking to add. They're you know they're in on the Noah Hannafin sweepstakes allegedly. Sure. Yeah. You know, so sure. they've got room to improve. They still have a shitload of cap space, unlike mm-hmm. most other contenders. Mm-hmm. So you never know. They might be able to you know hustle and shake and move some more pieces and add significant bodies to this team. You know, imagine that if they did get a Noah Hannafin, that's another significant add to that team. Right. Yeah, I mean that's right. diff- That's different. He will help them. Right. Well, <laughs> he's twenty six yeah. years old and, I mean, and doesn't have bad hips. Defensive. Patrick right. Kane is, you know. Right. So if they add all these other pieces and we say, oh, Patrick Kane helped them get to the playoffs, it's not because of Patrick Kane. It's, it's because of all the other pieces right. they added. Right. So look right. At, I mean, yeah, but look at what they're bringing him in. Like he's an older player. He's making real small money. Like it is obvious that they're not bringing him in to help Dylan Larkin and Alex to you know, unlock their inner you, you know, no, he is there to be with them and to be a scoring presence. They are going to set him up 
and leave him wide open because they are the younger, better players, and he will benefit by being the assumed older, slower player, in my opinion. Here's my prediction. He doesn't make it through the season. He gets injured again, and he's gone. Maddie hot take. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually, I just yes, looked up the hip resurfacing thing and they were talking about Ed Jovanovsky who got it in 2014. Yeah. He played 37 games and then quit. Uh, yeah. And they said before Nick Backstrom, he was the most successful return from hip, re, hip resurfacing surgery in the NHL prior to that. So 37 games and then he quit was the most successful right. one prior to Backstrom who played Backstrom's uh, now done too. right and Backstrom's right. out again after he played either right. 47 or 52 games or something like that so it's 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 not a surgery you really come back from and if he does you know have to do some if he if he does good for him but right. it's it's just I think he's cashed I really do and I think mm-hmm. you know he he's not gonna He'll score some goals, I think, because they'll, he'll be out there on the power play, and he still has a great shot. He doesn't have to move, really, when he's on the power play. So sure. um, he'll get his points. The, the Red Wings have you know good talent around them, um, but when it comes to playing five-on-five, five, terrible. So Dylan Larkin's out now with his injury. Mm-hmm. He'll be out you know, probably for a significant time. They say at least a week, but it'll probably be longer than that. Did they say uh, what the injury was or just like upper body injury? Yeah, I think they said upper body. Did they say? Yeah. I mean, is it? It. I mean, concussion symptoms probably. I, think I would it's think, right? Concussion. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's concussion. Because he took a he out. took like a two hander to the side yeah. of the head or whatever, right? Right, he did. Yeah. Are you talking about and, Trent uh, Frederick? <clears throat> oh no, <laughs> Dylan Larkin. Dylan okay, Larkin. Yeah. Too, yeah. Yeah. So Larkin's out, so that's a big loss because Larkin and Jabrinkit had some really good chemistry there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, now, Detroit. Detroit's pretty good. Uh, but this is a loss for them. It'll be interesting. Did to you see, see the they, second they, half of that Dylan Larkin altercation? No, I don't think I. That's that. where David Perron got suspended. So oh, Perron. Got when suspended. Dylan Larkin is yeah. basically laying down oh, Patrick yeah. Star on the ice, and Artem Zub is, uh, I believe it's Artem Zub, it's yeah. right behind him, and everybody's got their arms up yelling for the trainers and here comes David Perron and just cross checks him right across right. the face, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not a big like, fan of David Perron. Honestly, no. I think he's one of those kind of rat players. He always has been with the, with the tint advisor. He looks like a little rat out there. I can't stand sure. the guy. He's been a yeah. skilled grinder. Is... Yeah. He's not an overly respected player. No. And, and he, uh, well, he, he's, he was on some of those blues teams that were, you know, oh, yeah. have a history of being yeah. a little over the line, yeah. over the edge. Yeah. And on the blues three different times, I believe. Yeah. 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 Larkin's out for a while. So we'll see. We'll see how that happens. But Perron's out six games suspension. So he's done. You know what? So are we. It's another episode. <laughs> I was going to say, man, we are actually going yeah. long. Holy we, Moses. We did. Fun. Yeah. It, I think that's, that'll do it. And Time we'll to cue the music soon. like we're playing, you know, yeah. in the Grammys or something. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Shut the fuck up with your speech. We're leaving. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.